What's going on, guys? It's Timmy motherfucking G. It is January 20th, I believe. Yeah, it's January 20th now, since it's 12 o'clock midnight. Um, this is the My Life Your Entertainment podcast. I am your host, Timothy Gonzalez. Uh, Timmy G, Super Dog Timmy G, Timmy G Local 3, Tiny Tim, Tim the Tool Man Taylor, Tim Buck 2, and all that jazz. Um, I think I finally figured out the layout that I want for the podcast, um, and I'm just still trying to figure out the app itself and how to record, um, so please bear with me, I'm still working out the kinks. Um, episode 1 was like a prototype, episode 2 was getting a little more along the lines of what I'm looking for, and I think episode 3 here now, I finally reached uh, what I'm looking for um, in terms of the guidelines and you know how I want to use this platform. Anyway... Um, so we are here in January um, 20th, 2021. Um, the, today is the election. Um, today is the inauguration, actually. Uh, they already grabbed the president-elect, got the new president, and then uh, the inauguration ceremony is tomorrow. Shit has been pretty crazy with this last presidency. Um, I am a Trump supporter and... Um, so he gave us a solid four years from, you know, from my beliefs, my perspective. He gave us a solid four years. Uh, was responsible for a lot of jobs. Uh, the first stimulus, the second stimulus. Um, you know, he, I think he did pretty damn good. Um, unfortunately, he lost this time around. I don't think he lost per se. I think that the votes were manipulated. Uh, I think that the votes were manipulated. I think this was the dirtiest election that we've seen uh, thus far. Um... I mean, we already know that 2020 was insane. Um, a lot of crazy shit happened, a lot of deaths, um, and then the pandemic, and uh, the economy, economy collapsing, and everything that's going on. A lot of people are going to jail. A lot of bad people uh, got swept up. Um, and uh, actually, you know what? Let me start at the, be- the beginning from what I understand. Um, where I first realized how shitty things were uh, <laughs> was when Governor... I'm sorry, Anthony Weiner. I think he was the governor of New Jersey or the mayor of New Jersey. Uh, he got caught with some nasty stuff on his laptop um, and is sending nasty pictures, uh, sexting a young girl. Uh, he's married and um, the girl was underage, I believe. So, so they wound up confiscating his laptop, kicking him out of his position uh, in his career. And um, But then when the police looked into the laptop they saw a lot of other things on there other politicians um uh, insurance policies if you will um he had some tabs labeled insurance policies and they were um involving a lot of other politicians from the democrat republican party the democrat party the republican party from judges to everything like he's found a lot of dirt on a lot of people and um I think that was the beginning of the shitstorm. I mean, we know that politicians are sleazeballs. You know, they shake hands with whoever is able to fund them. Um, so we know that they're already shady motherfuckers. They're the real gangsters, to be honest. Because they can get away with everything, including murder. And they do it with a smile on, your fa- on their face and business suits and shaking hands and, you know, kissing babies and fucking doing fundraisers and shit those guys that got the big money the big juice those guys are usually the most corrupt and we already knew that but this was the first time getting a glimpse into their world um with all the nasty things that they have on that laptop there was supposedly you know nasty emails nasty emails nasty imagery um you know escorts um underage uh women underage men uh nasty sex parties where they indulged in really nasty activities and drugs and all that stuff so that was where it all started for me that's where i noticed that you know these motherfuckers are crooked and weird and then um then the situation happened with jeffrey epstein um and harvey weinstein the me too movement weinstein got swept up in that um i think he was one of the first that really got hammered i think he was like the the this the scapegoat for all the other um nasties out there um, they needed a face to pin all the anger to. So um, uh, Weinstein was a big director in Hollywood or a big producer in Hollywood. And um, there was this big Me Too movement. 
I forgot who the lady was, but she was an actress, and she put, oh, if any woman has been sexually assaulted by, you know, um, a significant other, you know, a loved one, someone in the workplace, um, you know, please put hashtag me too. You know, just a subtle way of, you know, saying, you know, I, like, I've been a victim as well. And so many women jumped on that. Many women put hashtag me too, hashtag me too, and it actually blew up. And a lot of people were get, got, in, uh, got in trouble. People went to jail, people got tickets, people lost their careers, because finally all the nasty people were having to answer for you know their nasty activities. Because people, were, women were unifying against all the, all the nasty, nasty people. People in the politics, people in you know the producers and, and movies and and um, television and music, you know, big business, everything. They all started going down. Um, so that was cool to see that, you know, women were finally getting some retribution, if you will, you know, because I feel bad for the women that have to suffer through that or people that have had that when they were younger or in the, in, in the work field, you know, it's sad, it's sad. But, you know, so then we saw some people go to jail with that. Um, and then Jeffrey Epstein, which was a big money man, for um for a lot of people um he controlled the money for a lot of powerful people and then he got in trouble and then he supposedly killed himself in his jail cell they found him hanging and then they found out you know through the autopsy that he was he did not hang himself that someone killed him but you know there was just a lot of things you know a lot of crooked people got in trouble and you know there was a light shined on hollywood because of all the controversy and drama and everyone was just waiting for their name to be called like uh oh am I gonna go to jail today because I groped you know my secretary years and years ago or I told this girl oh you want to be a star then why don't we you know go back to my hotel or you know I mean all sorts of examples it's sad it's crazy but um it was cool to see all those assholes go down so one by one a lot of nasties were um you know, we're, we're fired or held accountable for their actions. And, um, you know, I think that, oh, how this tied into the Trump situation. So the way that I processed it was, you know, this was the first time that we had a president that wasn't by the book. You know, he wasn't born and bred to be a, a politician. He was a businessman, you know, and uh, it's the first time that they brought a businessman into the White House to clean the house, to do things differently. Um, you know, a businessman that isn't really about the politics. So I appreciated that. I respected that. And, you know, I think he did a pretty damn good job. But, you know, he was going against a lot of tough guys and cleaning house and, and firing a lot of people that were in, in office for a long time. He was going against, you know, the big pharmaceutical companies. You know, he was going to war with, um, you know, a lot of a lot of companies that don't have the balls, you know, to say what needs to be said. And I, I admired him for that. I respected him for that. Um, but, you know, I think he bit off more than he could chew uh, with the people he went after, and then they shut him down. You know, most presidents get eight years, but they saw what he did in four years, and they saw that he was coming for a lot of people's jobs, and he was changing a lot of things, you know, with his biz biz big business way of thinking, and uh, they hated him for it. And the media um, made him look bad at any chance they got, um, and they finally, and then they cheated the election, and then they got him kicked out. So now he has to hand over his position of power to someone that did not beat him fair and square, someone that's a cheater, someone that has been in office before uh, for eight years. He was the vice president and did nothing, and now we're giving this guy a shot. So let's see how that goes. Um, you know, it's one thing if you win fair and square, but if you win by cheating, I don't respect that. So same way people said, oh, Trump, not my president. Now, Joe Biden, you are not my president. You might be on paper, but not. Nah. It's just like... Um, I don't even want to keep getting into that. But yeah, that's my stance and beliefs on what's happening now. And you know, it's actually kind of sad because I've lost, you know, some good friends over my political views. I've lost some family members that I don't talk to anymore because of my political views or their political views. I never, ever, ever let anybody know my political views. And I barely ever really spoke about my religious views um, because that is a very touchy subject for most People get very passionate about it. People get very emotional about those topics. And, um, you know, people are very divided over those topics. So I always, you know, uh, stood to myself and kept my beliefs to myself because I didn't want the headache. Um, you know, at Christmas and Thanksgiving, I was always very smart to not talk about politics and not talk about um, 
uh, religion because it would turn into a five-hour argument with my family. So I just left it alone. <clears throat> but finally, you know, I'm, I'm voicing my opinion because I feel like this shit ain't right, you know? Um, and, and now that I finally voiced my opinion on politics, my family's like, oh, I can't believe you. How could you vote for that man? How could you respect that man? The way that I look at it, as I said, he's not a regular politician. He was there to shake stuff up. He took the country as a business. You know, he's a businessman. He handled it like a business, and I think he did a good job. Um, he was responsible for getting me money, so kudos to that. And, um, you know, he was able to, he did a lot for me. And, and, you know, the way I process it is, sure, maybe I, you consider me a Republican, um, but it's only because I'm for my money. You know, um, Republicans say, go out and get yours, go get your job, go work for it, you know. Um, we don't want government assistance. You know, we, we, we try to go out and get it our own selves. Democrat way of thinking is help, help, more government help, more government help, uh, more taxes on the wealthy, more taxes on the wealthy. You know, it's funny, technically on paper, they say I'm wealthy. I'm not. You know, I make fucking over $50,000 a year. Not much, but over $50,000 a year. So that puts me in a bracket of uh, the more wealthy. It makes me get taxed more. Um, so I want less taxes on me and less government control. Um, and that technically qualifies me for being a Republican because I want less taxes on my money and less government, you know, assistance. I don't get no food stamps. I don't get, you know, no fucking um, Section 8. I don't get none of that stuff. That's for people that uh, need it, number one, or people that aren't able-bodied, um, number two, you know. And, and, and number three, it's upsetting because, you know, Democrats always want more help. I was a Democrat most of my life. Let me just prefix this by saying that. I was poor my whole life. Now that I get money, it changes my perspective on money. Um, now that I have a career... You know, I want to have a pension. I have. A, I want to have 401k or annuity and all that shit. And, you know, those are important. And, and I need to build those things up with money. And I can't have more money if the government keeps taxing the shit out of me. You know, if I get $1,300 a week on my check, but I only get to take home $950, like that's kind of fucked up. After taxes, they kill me because I make more money. Um, and people are like, well, you got to get taxed them more because they make money. That's not fair because there's people sitting at home getting food stamps and Section 8 and government assistance and, you know, uh, cash, you know, advances and all this and that. And they're just sitting home doing nothing. You know, there's so many people, you know, that are, that are, are poor and they, they need government help. And that's fine. But if you need it for, you know, a year and a half, two and a half years, fine. But don't live off the system. That's what's wrong with America. Everyone wants to live off the system. Everyone wants something for free. Go out there and work for it. You know, at first I was like, help me, help me, help me. But then I'm like, okay, thank you for the help. Now I'm going to go get mine. Most people don't do that. A lot of people don't do that. People that are, are trapped in, in the hood don't do that. People pop out a couple kids, get government checks, and then they just sit around and do nothing. You know, that and they want more help. Oh, free health care. Oh, give me a government check. Oh, give me food stamps. Oh, give me Section 8 housing. Give me... It's like, bro, you keep asking, asking, asking. That is, that's what's wrong with government, you know, the government right now. We're giving the help to all the wrong people. I mean, I don't know, man. You know what? This is a topic that is, it's a touchy subject, so I don't even want to get into it completely. But I'm just trying to explain why I feel the way that I do. And it was upsetting because my good, good friend George, my best friend, he was going to be my best man. Um, we have a huge disagreement because he's uh, anti-Trump. Not even like he's super pro-Biden, he's just anti-Trump. Um, because everyone on the news, I feel like, you know, over time, little by little, they're like, oh, and then this bozo Trump, this bozo Trump, this bozo Trump. They just kept indirectly just kept saying, oh, don't like this man, hate this man in the news. They kept saying it so that subconsciously you wind up not liking this guy and you jump on the bandwagon of hate, even though there's no real reason why you hate him. And then I finally had that conversation with my friend. I'm like, yo, why do you hate him? He's like, oh, because, you know, he's saying he's a Republican and that means less taxes on the wealthy. And, and I'm like, but George, technically, you're wealthy too. You know, you're in a higher tax bracket too. And he didn't really even realize that. He's like, what? I was like, George, you know, you make, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands a year. Don't you want to keep that to yourself? I mean, you have kids, you have a girl, you have a place. You know, don't you want to keep your check, not have let more taxes on you? And he was like, oh, yeah, absolutely. I was like, well, then you're thinking like a Republican. He's like, no, no, no. I was like, okay, calm down, calm down. I was like, okay, do you get food stamps? Do you get government assistance? Do you get any of that? He's like, no, no. 
And I was like, do you think people should be able to live off of that? You know, like from the time they're one all the way till they're 18. And as long as you keep popping out kids, you keep getting government help. No, no, I don't. I don't think that's cool. I think you should get it for a couple of years and then go do your thing. And I'm like, well, then there you go. You are thinking like a Republican. And he's like, oh, no, no, no. You're, you're, I'm like, okay, you know what? Fine. I mean, don't kill the messenger, dude. You got you to gotta stop caring about the person. You know, just think about the situation. Think about the facts. You know, like, I, whatever, dude. I'm just trying to give you guys some background. But that's why I feel the way that I do about, you know, the, you know, why I consider myself a Republican. And why I voted, you know, I, I, I'm totally pro-Trump and I've, always, I've been pro-Trump. And it's a damn shame that, you know, he's kicked out of office. Um, you know, they tried to, they tried to impeach him. Or, you know, they couldn't. They tried to look for reasons to get him out of there. They looked high and low. They looked under every piece of paper and they couldn't find shit on him. And then they tried it again and they don't got shit on him. You know, the guys, he knows what he's doing, dude. They just look, they're just trying to like look for someone to blame. Oh, the Corona, it's all his fault. His things are, ch man, you know what? <clears throat> we'll just see how it plays out. You know, we'll see how it plays out. I think, though, if Trump stood in office for another four years, he would have continued to, to clean things up. We would have got more stimulus, um, you know, and we would have got more help. And actually, not even stimulus. I don't even care for the stimulus. I'm more for just the masks coming off and us going back to work. And that's what Trump was for. He was for going back to work, taking the masks off, and let's going back to life as usual. You know, with the Biden thing, he says, oh, the first hundred days and I'm in office, everyone's going to wear masks and we're going to, you know, stay inside and do another quarantine. Bro, it's basically mask or no mask. It was fucking Trump, take the mask off, or Biden, keep the mask on. It was Trump, uh, you know, we don't need a va mandatory vaccine. Biden, everyone should be vaccinated. Those are two polar opposites. That's what we're that's what we're voting on. You know, like, do we go back to life as usual or do we fucking look at this as the new normal and have to fucking keep our masks on and, and six feet away and, uh, you know, forced vaccines? And also these vaccines were rushed. So I don't trust a rushed vaccine. I don't trust a vaccine, period. I've never been vaccinated for the flu or any of that shit. I mean, I never got the flu shots because it's not 100 percent necessary. Once they start forcing it on you, then you got to think, yo, why are these guys trying to put this in my bloodstream? You know, like, just think, ask questions. Look at the big picture. Stop saying, oh, fuck Trump, fuck Trump. Do you realize what you're saying when you say fuck Trump? Do you realize what goes along with that? You know, like, come on, guys, think about it. <sighs> anyway, so that was my Trump rant. <laughs> um, if you guys are still with me, thank you for listening. Um, I, uh, I really hope that everyone's sticking through, everyone's you know, trying to um, stick together because with this corona shit, with everybody being in quarantine, with, with the country in disarray and all the protests and, and riots in the street and defunding police and all that, everyone is very divided, everyone's very angry, everyone's very stressed, emotional, and, and scared, you know, and, and we're turning on each other and, and we gotta stop doing that. We gotta unite, we gotta love one another, we gotta grow, we gotta, you know, look for, we gotta plan ahead. You know, we got to, you know, love one another. People that are in a household, you know, try to get closer with your family rather than push away from them. Try to be there for you know, your kids or your cousins or, you know, now that we're home, you know, let's look at it as a positive. Why don't we grow with each other? Why don't we have like a movie night, you know, that one night out of the week that everyone goes, you know, has a movie night. Or maybe one day of the week that everyone, we all go out for a fucking... It'll be ice cream day. Everyone goes out for ice creams or just be more involved. You know, look at this. Look at the positive in every negative. Now that we're home and we're stuck, let's, let's you know, work on our family. You know, work on ourselves. Um, you know, this has been an opportunity to just be able to sit with yourself and, and grow as an individual and grow as, as, as a unit with your family. You know, um, I feel like they, they anticipated us being in the house and, and turning on each other. And there has been a lot of that. Supposedly suicide is up um, because people are super depressed and overwhelmed and their anxiety and all that shit. Um, ODs are up, you know, the, the fucking, it's rising. Statistically, this has been a terrible year for, for suicides and overdoses. Um, they say that crime is down, but domestic violence is way up through the roof. A lot of police getting phone calls because fighting's in the house. Husbands and wives, boyfriends and girlfriends, 
you know, drunk, yelling at each other, all that kind of shit. Neighbors fighting with each other. So, you know, everyone's fucking eating each other, <laughs> you know? We gotta take a step back and, 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 and love one another and be there for one another. Call your family more. Um, be with your family more, you know? Um, work on yourself more. You know, take up a new fucking hobby. Um, my girlfriend just uh, learned candle making. Me and her, I, I've been trying to help her, you know, do her cam candle making business. Now that she's pregnant and we're home all the time, she doesn't have much to do. You know, she can't even smoke cigarettes or drink coffee, uh, you know, or drink soda. So she's like, you know what, let me get into a little hobby. I said, yeah, that's a great idea, babe. You know, you said you like candles. Why don't we take some of these old candles and remelt them down and, you know, get some new wicks and add some fragrances and change the colors. And so that's been her nice little, it's been keeping her busy, keeping her happy. And it'll, eventually it'll, it'll make her some money, you know, um, advertising online. I mean, there's no such thing as bad publicity. That's what I learned from being on my, uh, my little MTV show. Um, so if you're publicizing on the internet, it's free, it's free marketing. If you're putting up, you know, your little candle thing or you print up little business cards or, you know, a hashtag, you know, Tiffany's Candles, you know, just giving her little tidbits, you know, everyone needs a hobby, you know, everyone needs a hobby and it's good to make money off your little hobby, a little hustle. So I'm happy that she's happy with that. Um, and, and me and, and the family have been doing movie night and then another night, you know, we have a Rick and Morty night, we watch a cartoon together. Um, so yeah, just trying to be more family oriented. Oh, also I was I was going for walks more. Um, we were going for walks with the dog more. Um, when it was a little nicer out, we played handball uh, down at the handball courts. We played kickball. Um, you know, walk down by the beach. Just you know, being involved. You know, just getting out, like not sitting on the fucking phone. You know, or just not being at each other's throats or being on the video game just living, you know, like I, like I said, man, we only got a hundred years on this planet, I believe I said that in the last podcast, we only got a hundred years on this planet, if that, so make it count, you know, we got to grow together, I mean, if we're not busy living, we're busy dying, so we got to grow, we got to live, we got to utilize every moment, you know, just, your time is valuable, time is precious, so what are we wasting our time on, um, so, I don't know, just some food for thought. Thank you guys for listening. Um, I'm trying to keep them down to about, you know, a half hour each little segment um, and the hour as a whole for the whole podcast. I'm still working out the kinks. But thank you for listening to this segment. Um, we will be back with more. Stay tuned uh, to be continued. But yet again, thank you, thank you. And Oh, and as I forgot to say, I want to say in the beginning of every podcast, I have a little tagline. So, um, tits, balls, ass... Uh, and vagina, vajayjay. <laughs> That's my tagline so far. Uh, tits pulls ass, cocks and vagina. Uh, all right, I'll see you guys in a little bit. Thanks for listening. What's up, guys? Welcome back, or welcome, for the first time, to the My Life Your Entertainment podcast, hosted by Timmy G. Um, A.K.A. Timmy G Local 3 A.K.A. Superdog A.K.A. Don't Tell Your Mammy <laughs> um, It's January 20th uh, Today I actually go for um, Well, I'm not going to get into me yet This topic This podcast episode I'm going to try to tackle relationships um, I feel like everybody Can identify with relationships um, And we're going to talk about uh, Specifically you know, love relationships, not family relationships. I think a lot of people can relate to this topic, so I figured it was fair for me to touch on it. And uh, that you guys would like some tasty, tasty, uh, tasty drama, tasty gossip. Now, let me just start off by saying I've always been the relationship guy. Um, I'm 31 years old now, and I've been in at least five long-term relationships. Um, you know, uh, I think 16... Yeah, starting at like 15 years old. Uh, I was in a three-year relationship, then a four-year relationship, then an eight-year relationship, and then a four-year relationship. So I've always been in the, the relationships. So I think I have, I think I, uh, I have some knowledge on what not to do <laughs> in relationships. Uh, let me start off by just saying, it doesn't matter who you are in a relationship, you have to have trust. 
You have to have trust for each other and respect for each other. Those are two huge ones. Um, you know, some old dude told me a long time ago, <clears throat> a long time ago, this old man, I came up to him, I says, yo, man, what's the secret? You know, you, you said you were married for over 50 years. Uh, what's the secret? And he said, you know what the secret is, youngster? And he pulled me close. And he was like, the secret is, you gotta cheat. <laughs> I'm just playing, I'm playing, I'm playing. Um, he did say that, and then he laughed. Um, but then he told me, no, nah, he was like, um, trust, honesty, and loyalty. Those are huge. Uh, if you don't have uh, oh, loyalty, meaning respect. <clears throat> I'm sorry, you know, let me just, let's just take it easy one step at a time. Uh, respect for one another. You have to respect each other. If you guys scream in each other's face and you guys curse at each other, that is not respectful. And then once you go from talking loud to, to, to name calling, to cursing, uh, to, to shouting, then things, you know, that's that's already the first signs of lack of respect. Then you then you're putting hands on each other or you're being spiteful towards one, one another, throwing things at each other like that. Once that shit is out the window, you cannot go back. I, I, that's what he said. You can't go back. Once the respect is gone, that's that's it. So you don't respect each other's, you know, personal space. That's a problem. And you don't respect each other with words. That's a problem. And it's doomed from once that shit starts happening. So he says. So that's important to maintain respect. Um, number two, you know, trust. You got to be able to trust in one another. Are you able to go away for a weekend um, with your homeboys or homegirls um, without, you know, stepping outside your relationship? And also, if you do that, does your significant, significant other trust you enough to even go? Or would they be like, hell no, you're not going out there. Honestly, that, that, then that's not trust. Like, you know, on both sides. Um, and uh, let's see. And, and, you know, to me, loyalty, you know, loyalty is, a, is, is, is another big part of it. He said three things, yeah. Well, I remember two of them. So he was talking about being in each other's face and screaming. Once you get to that level, cursing, name-calling, and violence, that's, that's a real big no-no, and it's, you're fucked. And then um, if you can't trust one another, then you're fucked. And then he said something else, but I can't remember. But I'll just throw in loyalty for, for argument's sake. Um, meaning, like, would they will they lie for you? Um, like, if, if the police are looking for you, will they say where you're at? Or fucking, hey, would they call the police on you? Um, would, uh, you know, would if your boss comes looking for you and, and you played hooky at work and, and you're hiding... Would they rat you out? <laughs> you know, like, it doesn't have to always be police. You know, or would they rat you out to your family? If they, if you say, hey, please don't tell my uh, my uncle that um, I have a really bad gambling problem. Or, hey, don't tell my mother I uh, I bought a motorcycle because she'll have a heart attack. And if you fucking, you know, throw them under the bus, then, dude, you know, then there's no loyalty. That's not, so if you're not loyal and you don't got respect and there's no trust... You know, so in my eyes, if you take that from one another, or if one person experiences that, then both are gonna experience that. You know, if one person breaks the rules, or both of you guys break the rules, the rules are everything. Rules are all we have, rules are the only thing that separates us from the animals that we could formulate things make rules make laws be accountable um have have a code of conduct you know have some sort of morals have some sort of values you know if not then we're just out here being fucking savages we have to have structure in some way so that's the basic form of structure that i found in relationships if you don't have that you have nothing everything we have is built on foundation so relationships, you have to have a solid foundation for it to work. A relationship's a job. You know, it's a 50-50 street. You have to be able to give your 50%. You have to give your 100% of honesty. And you have to give your 100% of loyalty. And you got to give your 100% of respect. You have to do that. You know, it's, like, it's a constant job. A relationship is a job. And then when, when you see someone slipping 
on any of those, then you address it. You don't let it fester in you and let it get worse and let it get worse. You know, if they start talking crazy to you, you should nip that in the butt from the jump. Be like, hey, listen, um, I've never been like that in relationships, screaming in each other's face. I don't know if that's something you experienced in your recent relationships or what you're used to, but I don't do that and I'd appreciate it if we don't take it to that level. You know, you gotta establish those things from the jump because if, if you don't, then the line's gonna get crossed. You have to establish the line. You know, since I was like 15, I, I thought that, you know, relationships was, was the answer. My home life was terrible. Um, you know, I don't want to get into my, you know, sorrows and woes, but <clears throat> we were poor growing up. And there was five of us all squeezed in one room. So we never had much. Um, and a lot of personalities on top of each other and a lot of yelling and, you know, arguing and fighting over each other's belongings and each other's personal space and privacy and respect and all that. That's all from then, you know? And it was a freaking circus at my house because we were just all squeezed on top of each other. We were oppressed and frustrated. Um, so as soon as I found my first girlfriend or the first girl, you know, invited me to hang out, like that just made me feel special. It made me feel wanted. It made me feel like I was like, oh, wow. Oh, my God. This is what I've been looking for. I've been feeling so alone and, and misunderstood and frustrated. And, you know, but this girl really likes me and she wants me to go with her to the movies. Like she wants me for me. Um, I don't know if it was over looks or if it was over because I was funny or something. I don't know. But she liked me. And, uh. And then from then on, I, love became a drug to me. Um, I was always looking for validation. I was always looking for love because I wasn't getting it at home. Um, and let me just say that, that my mother loved me as best as she could. And my brothers and sisters loved me as best as they could. But, you know, they're, you know they're, they've had problems too. You know, my mom's had problems with past relationships and, you know, abandonment issues and intimacy issues and financial issues. So mom's always had problems too. And, you know, what she went through then reflected what, what happened in the house with us. Because growing up, my, if my mom, all she knew was yelling and screaming and fighting and, you know, violence and, you know, money problems and, you know, distrust, whatever the fuck, then she's going to manifest that in her home life, you know, with her kids. So it's just a lot of screaming and yelling and all that shit. Um, and, and, and there wasn't love, you know, to me, I didn't feel the love, you know, for me, but she did the best she could, I just, I just didn't feel complete, you know, and then when I found love in girlfriends and relationships, then I would just, uh, that became a drug, man, and so I was always in relationships, and then I'd be single for a little bit in between relationships, um, and, you know, I would do the stupid single lifestyle, but even that, 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 I don't know, that wasn't for me, like, it's fun in the beginning, and then it's just like, you know, all these encounters with people that it's just like, you know, just making out or just, you know, hooking up or going to parties or whatever. And then and the, the next day you're going to find a different person, and then the next day you're going to find a different person. And, um, you know, getting to know a person a little bit and then dropping them and then going to find another person getting to know them a little bit like they're just all surface encounters there was nothing like real I don't know I just I didn't really like it you know the player player thing it's not for me it really isn't um, and it's funny because people you know they just look at me like oh you play a player huh stud like no I mean maybe that's the look that I personify but don't judge a book by its cover dude like I'm I'm, a, I'm I try to I, I'm very romantic you know, I'm, I feel, I used to be very, very romantic, but then after a while I realized that it was corny. Girls don't want that all the time. But like, you know, I like poems. I like romantic comedies. I like, you know, you know, fucking flowers and cutesy shit. And I would like getting that for them and I like all that stuff. But, um, it was, it was too much. I don't know. I thought it was just, uh, I was, that was too lovey-dovey. And then I kind of got made fun of for it. Um. And then it, I just kind of slid off from it. But I still have the abilities to write poems if I want to. Um, I just don't have that, uh, I don't know, the fire for the lovey-dovey stuff. I think it's still there. 
but it's just a little a little fire it's like a candle in there in my heart but um whatever that doesn't matter um but yeah the the player player the single life really isn't for me um you know a different girl every night I mean, I'm also fucking 31, and, and I have a baby on the way, and I have a girl that loves me, and, and she has children, and, you know, I'm I'm a family man now, but even then, you know, it just, it was too much work, I don't know, it was too much work, and, and just not enough payoff, um, and I like having someone to just go home to, and go to, and lay down to, and someone that knows me, um, and someone that knows my story already, and I know their story already, I, then I don't have to keep getting to know someone new, or pretending to care just so I can get in their pants. And it's like that shit is, nah, that shit's played out. And it was played out even when I was young. Um, I've had my opportunities to do the player player thing. It's just not for me. You know, the grass is greener. It's funny because people that are, it's always the grass is greener effect. When people that are in relationships, they want to be single. And everyone that's single wants to be in relationships. You know, it's fun in the beginning. And then you realize that it's work and then you don't want it. So are you a relationship man or are you a single man? Or, you know? That's just how I break it down. But, um... Oh, another reason why I fucking lost my zest for the the chivalry and zest for romance. <clears throat> I think it was my second girlfriend. I'm not saying no names. Because uh, I don't want to hurt no one's feelings. Uh, but my I think it was my second long-term girlfriend. And, um... I was... I believe it was Valentine's Day. Wow, it's funny because Valentine's Day is creeping up. Um, but it was Valentine's Day, and, uh, I stole this huge-ass heart that was on the side of a building. <clears throat> it was a big wooden, it was made of wood, it was heavy wood. Um, and it was probably the size of, like, a 75-inch TV. It was huge. And, uh, I ripped it off the side of this building. Um, it had some screws in it, so I ripped out the screws, carried it all the way to the fucking bus stop, and then took the bus with it. Um, and whatever, it doesn't matter. I made a huge scavenger hunt all around my neighborhood. Actually, all around Staten Island. Um, Staten Island's about like 14, 15 miles long. And I set up checkpoints all over Staten Island. Little poems at every spot. Um, and, and it was like, it was a stupid agenda. It was like, oh, find my heart, you know. And I, I sent her all over Staten Island. From checkpoint to checkpoint with little cute excuse me, with little cute like teddy bears at each spot and a poem um, that was clever enough to lead to the next hint. Um, you know, all different spots that we went to, our favorite spots, our romantic spots, our places for sunrise, our places for sunset, um, where we had our first kiss and, you know, all these different locations. And um, besides the fact that I did that, I was smart enough to time it. Um, I was like, okay, it's going to take her... 20 minutes to get to this location and 20 minutes to get to that one and then she's gonna have to go shoot across Staten Island and it's gonna be around five something so then sunset is around six so she'll get to the last location by 6.05 probably and then the sun will be setting I literally timed all this shit right and uh by around six o'clock she showed up it was sunset it was down by the water um down by this beachy area um, they had these boats and shit over there. It's like a, like a, a mini pier that you can walk around or dock your boats at. And um, <clears throat> she showed up there right on time, right around sunset. I was standing there with the big ass heart, and uh, you know I was like, "Oh, you 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 passed the scavenger hunt. You know, you found me. You found my heart. You know." And um, she was like, "Oh, thank you so much. Um, so romantic. I love you. Blah blah blah." But I got something to tell you. Um, I'm kind of dating your your best friend and um he's my valentine and i gotta go so she just drove off and left me there as the sunset and i had this huge ass fucking wooden heart standing there like an asshole with my dick in my hand um <clears throat> in the middle of this pier and boy oh boy from that moment on i was like all right dude chivalry is dead <laughs> I'm, I'm off this i'm not gonna waste my time like that anymore I'm not gonna give someone my all like that anymore when it comes to like the poetry and all that shit cause for me to write poetry I gotta dig really deep um and I only started writing poetry because I didn't like talking to people um like my mom used to have to make me go see a therapist when I was young my dad got shot when I was a little kid 
and uh, it's very traumatic, blah, blah, blah. I don't want to get into all that, but my mother, uh, you know, the school made me go see a therapist because, you know, I, I wasn't taking it well. And uh, I didn't want to talk to the therapist. Even when I was a kid, I was like, I think I was 11. Uh, I, and uh, I, even, even as a kid, I was smart enough to say to the therapist, I was like, look, you don't care about me. You know, I'm just a job to you. I'm a paycheck. I'm just one of your forced clients that the school has appointed you to me. And you're just going to sit there and nod and listen to my stuff. And you're going to say, but how does that make you feel? How does that make you feel? How does that make you feel? And I don't, you know, honestly, I, I don't want to pour out my heart to someone that's not 100% in it. And uh, the lady understood. Actually, it was two of them. They were both sitting in front of me. It was a lady and a man. And the lady said, uh, The lady said, since you don't want to talk to me, then just write in this journal. So I started writing in the journal. And every week I'd have to report back to them and they would read the journal. And, you know, put a check next to it or something. But then that felt, you know, still impersonal. You know, I don't know. I just, it just felt like a disconnect that you didn't feel like, I don't know. So I got bored with that. And I started writing like poems and rhymes instead because it was more fun for me. You know, since I was already forced to write in this journal and meet, see this, these people, and the lady would like fucking grade it, I just decided to write some poems, you know, and make it a little spicy, more flavorful, more of a challenge. And, uh, <clears throat> and I think I got pretty good. So that's what poetry, you know, that's what really sparked my poetry um, um, bug. And uh, I love, I've loved poetry pretty much ever since. Um, uh, so what the hell is a poem? Oh, yeah, it's a poem. So, yeah, that's why I wrote poems. So don't judge me for being poetic um, or or for me used to be. I used to be poetic. Don't judge me for that. It's because, you know, I was a victim of circumstance. I had to do it because of fucking therapy. And then I found out that I liked it. You know, we should try more things that we're not used to. We got to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Try new things. And you'd be surprised what you like. You know, like, I mean, even new sports. Sports that you think are corny. Like, me, personally, soccer, I don't get it. It's not for me. But then when I get out there and I kick it around, I'm like, oh, shit, this is actually fun. Try things that you that you usually wouldn't, you know? Or, I mean, I don't know, even ice skating or some shit. I've never ice skated. Um, actually, no, I did ice skate once, and I was trash. Um, I went to the ice skating rink with a bunch of people, and I was terrible at it. It wasn't for me. But, you know, even do that. Try ice skating, and maybe you'll love it, you know? And it might be your hidden super talent. You know, someone said that we're all super talented in at least one thing. <clears throat> if we just have to crack the code, we got to figure out what it is. You know, what if fucking Derek Jeter never picked up a, a baseball? You know, like, he would have never knew how great he was. But since he tried all the sports and, you know, finally touched a baseball and was like, whoa, this is my shit, he wound up falling in love with it and doing his thing. And he goes down as one of the greats, you know. But, um... And also, everything takes practice. That was one of the coolest things I heard Jordan, Michael Jordan say. You know, everything is practice, how bad you want it. Um, I think he said, you should be able to shoot in the dark and be able to make it in. You should be able to, to shoot free throws in the dark. Like the foul line, whenever you get fouled in basketball, you got to stand at a certain line and shoot the basketball. Well, <clears throat> he said that you should be able to shoot uh, free throws in the dark because, you know, it's in the same spot every time. So if you could do the routine of shooting it from that spot and that velocity, you know, you should be able to do it with your eyes closed, man. So practice, 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 and then you will become excellent. You know what I mean? Progress into perfection. You just got to practice. Anyway. So, um... Yeah, man. So, okay, let's go back to the relationship stuff. So yeah, it's funny, the, um, when I was younger, when I was younger, I, I, uh, I, I told myself that, <laughs> I don't even want to get into this, but fuck it, I gotta be, I gotta get vulnerable, right? When I was younger, I told myself that, uh, that I would never put my hands on a female, that I would never do that because, you know, you know, women... They, you know, a man should never put his hands on a woman. Simple as that. You know, women are the weaker vessel and all that stuff. Um, and as I got older, I realized how fucking 
hard that is to say and, and to believe. Um, you know, a lot of things, there's a gray area. You know, just like with, with drugs, like, oh, I'll never do drugs. No, no, drugs are bad. All right, but technically, you know, you take vitamins, that's a drug. Or technically, you take aspirin or pills to go to sleep, sleeping pills or, you know, pills when, you know, you have an upset stomach or, you know, you take, like, technically, that's a drug, you know. There's a gray area. Or, and then there's also, you know, some people only smoke weed. Oh, well, that's not a drug or, you know, there's a gray area. The same thing with women. Don't, you know, obviously don't hit a woman. I'm not promoting it, but... You know, like someone said, they said, uh, I've never hit a woman, but I've slapped a few bitches. That shit made me laugh. <laughs> some pimp, some uh, some dude that was a pimp said that. But, um, you know, no, it's just, it's sad. And, and you know, I'm, I'm a man enough to admit that I've done that. And I'm man enough to admit that I was wrong. Um, but, you know, when, when you're pushed and you're pushed and you're pushed, you know. Like now I understand why women shoot their husbands. Or now I understand why, you know. I didn't even want to get into all that, but because crimes of passion happen, people get you so passionate and riled up, and then you, you know, you have no, you don't even realize what you're doing, the emotions take over, and you know, logically, you know what you got to do, you know what you're not supposed to do, but you know, nothing get you rattled more than your significant other, they know what to say, they know how to dig, and I'm not, you know, I'm not advocating, you know, for, you know, men that do that. I'm not advocating for women that do that. But I'm just saying it's a shitty situation. It's a gray area. And you don't understand what happens until you're in the situation. You know, like... My mom told me when I was younger also. She said, you know, you can only kick a dog so many times before it bites you. And um, you could use that with a lot of different... You know, that metaphor for a lot of different things. But, you know, when you're when you're pushed and you're pushed and, and you know, you're getting slapped and you're trying to run downstairs to your car and try to get out of there but they're blocking the door and they're hitting you and then you finally make it through the door you run past you push past her you run downstairs you run to the car and she's hitting you so you don't get in the car and then she jumps in your sunroof and then she's hitting you while you're trying to reverse out of the spot and you and you're just like yo get the fuck out of here like that's you know that's where that's where the lines get blurred so you know i've 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 done that, and, and that, that hurts me, you know, even though I'm forgiven, I've prayed about it, I've talked about it, I've told her about it, how sorry I am, and things like that, but, like, I still feel terrible, because I crossed that line, you know, as I said before, we all have a code of conduct, we should all have values, we should all have rules, you know, and then when, when I have to break a rule like that, like, it hurts me, you know, because I, I don't want that to happen, I, I want structure, I want to do the right thing, but you know, life has other plans sometimes, or the devil, it could really be a motherfucker, dude, you know, like, I've, I've been angry lately, you know, and not like I've been taking it out on anybody per se, you know, I haven't hit anybody, um, but, um, well, I haven't hit any f females, and I haven't hit anybody that hasn't deserved it, but you know, I've had to put my hands on some people, you know, uh, in my life and, you know, recently and whatever, but the point is, you know, lately I've been angry and, but I thought I was safe, you know, and, you know, okay, for example, with, with everything going on, you know, uh, I've been trying to be positive and strong and a positive light and be happy and, you know, be, you know, meditate and pray and, and be there for one another and, and l listen to inspirational speakers and, be there for my family and be nice and be a positive light and just be happy. And you know where the devil gets me? You know where the the, the, the evil gets me? In my dreams. My dreams, I have, I have horrible, horrible dreams. I could be so happy throughout the day and, you know, be laughing with everyone and, and making jokes and keeping the kids happy, keeping my girl happy, keeping my friends happy and, you know, posting funny stuff online and everything's great. <clears throat> and then once I sleep, you know, I have horrible dreams of like, you know, like, you know, the most sad, the sad dreams that I have, you know, I, I, I keep having dreams of my dad's, I had a dream of my dad's funeral recently, and it really fucked me up, you know, dreaming about my dad in that way, because I had to relive that moment again, and uh, that shit really, really hurt me, and I woke up, I woke up crying, and I'm like, damn, dude, I'm trying to be so happy, and the enemy somehow, you know, your brain still has a way to fuck with you. You know, like, 
you know, I know it's not a way to break you. Like, I feel like the devil was like, oh, you know, we can't break him when he's awake and conscious, but we'll get him in his dreams. We'll get him in his subconscious. And that shit fucked me up, you know? Or like how I had another dream where uh, I saw my dad and he looked at me and he was just staring at me. He didn't say nothing and he was crying. Uh, And I was like, dad, I know this is a dream. Uh, I know this isn't real. I know you're not really here right now, Uh, but it's good to see you. Um, and he just looked at me and he cried and he cried and then uh, and then I woke up and that fucked me up for the whole day too you see I try to be a positive light and then you know the enemy has a way to fucking break your spirit sometimes you know like I feel like a lot of people this year their spirit was broken uh, whether it be because of their job or because of their relationship you know losing a child or jail or you know I have a lot of friends that are going through it man you know like I feel like a lot of our spirits are being tested. And uh, it's hard. It's been hard, man. It's been hard. So, you know, we, we've been getting out of character. I think a lot of us have broken our rules <clears throat> one way or another, or one rule or another, uh, recently. I think everyone has reached their boiling point. I think everyone has suffered from depression recently. Um, and yeah, I, I was very angry. And, uh, I fucking, uh, I punched, I, I punched something and I broke my hand, man. And that really, really fucking pissed me off because all I have is my hands, you know. I was like, ah, oh, you know, I don't have my car right now, but at least, at least I got my health. And then, like, I feel like the, the devil heard me say that and they were like, oh, yeah, let's fucking push you to the point of fucking snapping. And that's what happened. Like my mother said, you're going to kick a dog so many times before it bites the shit out of you. And I fucking flipped and I fucking bit hard. I fucking... I flipped out like a rabid dog and uh, broke my fucking hand. And um, that was really shitty. That was stupid of me. Almost immediately, I was like, ah, oh, fuck, what did I do? I knew it was broken. I've punched many things and broken my knuckles many times, but this one, this one felt different. This one required surgery. I mean, I knew it was gonna require surgery as soon as I broke it. But uh, <clears throat> the point that I'm making, man, is like, uh, just keep fighting the good fight, guys. Keep trying. Keep pushing. You know, like, we're gonna, we're being tested right now. Um, individually and as a whole. As a country. You know, in our family life. Financially. And who knows what other ways you guys are struggling. But keep fighting, man. Keep fighting the good fight. Try to be a better father, try to be a better mother, try to be a better son, try to be a better daughter, try to be a better friend, you know, try to be, try to be better, man, and every day just try to be a little better than you were yesterday, let's strive for greatness, I mean, we're not going to be perfect, but, you know, strive to do better, you know, and that's what I try to do with every relationship, bringing it back to relationships, I try to do better, I try to learn from mistakes, I try to not to repeat the same mistakes, you know. Um, I mean, just like even with a, um, having apartments. You know, my first apartment, I learned that... I learned what not to do. Every single apartment, I learned a new tidbit on what not to take to the new house. Um, you know, don't have people in and out of my house. Um, keep the doors locked, you know, so that nothing goes missing. Um, don't smoke in the house because it's just, it's tacky. I mean, it's like, it makes the house smell and, and yellow walls or yellow curtains. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, don't have a banging sound system because when you're young, you want to play your banging sound system at all hours of the night. That'll get you kicked out. <laughs> um, you know, all these different tidbits. Oh, and don't, uh, you know, I don't even want to get into all the don'ts. But, yeah, so I learned a lot of different things. Every single apartment taught me something. And then now, you know, I have a nice, I have a nice apartment with my girlfriend. Um, and we're, we made it into a home, you know. And uh, sure, the neighbors don't like us. But this might be a record for me, being able to be somewhere for about three years and not be kicked out, <laughs> you know. Or, you know, not have, you know, just, just... You know, it's been a learning experience. It's been a crazy freaking road. I'm happy where I'm at. Nothing is perfect. Everything is fucked up, to be honest. A little bit of everything is fucked up. But 
at least, you know, we're we're alive. You know, at least I'm alive. At least I'm I'm in in a home. You know, and and there's a comfy bed for me, and you know there is there's heat. We have light. You know, we uh, we have food in the fridge. We have hot water. You know, we have and we have each other. You know, that's these are all things that are important. Um, and uh, I'm trying to have a good relationship with my girlfriend. It's hard. Um, I'm trying to have a good relationship with my girlfriend's kids. It's hard. Um, I'm trying to have a good relationship, good relationship with the dogs. I want to have, you know, the dogs do the right thing. And I, I want to train the dogs correctly. And I want them to pee in the right spots. One of them pees outside, one pees on the paper. I want them to do what they got to do. I want them to not shit in the room. I want them to not rip up my shoes. You know, I have to have a relationship with them too. I got to teach them shit too. I've had other dogs in the past, and now I'm whatever I learned from those being a dog owner with those dogs. Now I'm trying to bring it into being a dog owner with these dogs, you know, and and learn from those mistakes. Everything is a learning experience. Oral relationships, even old jobs. If you get fired from a job for doing something stupid, make sure the next job you don't get fired from the job doing that too. You know, I actually got fucking fired because. Um, it was I was working a job. I was um, doing a demolition job. Um, I was ripping down a pharmaceutical company, ripping down a pharmaceutical plant, I guess. And um, it, it looked like a college campus. There was a bunch of different buildings, and um, on the front of the outside of the, the the big gates of the pharmaceutical company, all the different houses, you know, because it's like it's like a, a a college to where. There's a building, and then you gotta walk like a hundred feet, and then there's another building, and then you walk a hundred feet, and there's another building. It's all in this huge perimeter that's owned by the pharmaceutical company, and they did all sorts of weird testing on monkeys and and pigs and rats. Um, you know, they injected them with all sorts of drugs to see how they would act, and then they did human trials. And but anyway, they were ripping down one of the buildings to make a new building, um, and it was a, it was a smoke-free um, company. I didn't know that. Um, and then someone said, "Hey, uh, hey, Tim, I think I, I think I saw you on coffee break. You were smoking a cigarette by the building. Uh, can you not do that? It's a smoke-free building." I was like, "Oh shit! I'm sorry. I didn't know that." So then, two days later, I go into my car for lunch break, but I'm in my own car and I'm smoking a cigarette in my car, having a coffee, you know, and having a sandwich or something. And then I come in from from after lunch break, and the guy's like, "Oh, I'm sorry, Tim. You're fired." I was like, "What?" He was like, yeah, man, you were smoking, you know, you were warned and you smoked again. I was like, bro, I smoked inside my car. I didn't know that that wasn't allowed. And um, he was like, sorry, man, you know, you broke the rules. So I'm like, fuck, lost the job, whatever. It wound up opening the door for another job. I wound up getting the job at the, uh, the Nickelodeon American Dream universe I built um, in East Rutherford. I wound up doing the working in the water park. I wound up becoming one of the head honchos over there on second shift uh, for the water park. So that was cool. It was a blessing in disguise. But I learned to not smoke on the job anymore. <laughs> you know, even that was a learning experience. Um, and it learned me, it, it taught me to have a better relationship with my foreman. Um, because, you know, that was a lack of communication and I got laid off because of a lack of communication. I mean, I fucked up, but, you know, I think that could have been handled better if I knew the rules better. Um, but yeah, no, then I wound up becoming a more transparent with my boss on the next job. And then, you know, that was another relationship, too. And me and that guy are really cool. He's actually my friend. He actually texted me today. Um, I haven't worked with him for years, but he actually texted me today. It's funny he did. So shout out to Bobby from Local 3, uh, my old foreman. Um, and yeah, I still have a good relationship with him. He's a good guy. You know, actually, I could say everybody in the union, everybody that I've worked with in construction... I mean, in the union or not even union, when I've worked non-union as well, uh, before I got into the union, all the construction guys that I've worked with, you know, they all got love for me. They all could say that I'm a hard worker, I'm a funny guy, uh, I'm on my phone a little too much, but <laughs> um, I get the job done, you know, I got stamina for days, I'll take all the overtime, um, you know, I, I consider myself a spiritual guy, so like I throw little tidbits of, you know, spirituality, um, I tell a lot of stupid jokes. Um, I talk about my recovery process because I used to have a bad drug problem. Um, and I was able to have core cool relationships with those guys. 
and I still do. You know, they could all. I call any of those guys; they'll still, you know, vouch for me. Um, because relationships are important, you know. But uh, all right, I think that's enough for now. Um, thank you guys for listening. Um, sorry if I bored you. Um, until next time, uh, or until next topic. Um, oh, tits pulls ass, cock vagina. Yeah. <laughs>